everybody. I would love for you to write this down. Genesis 3, verses 6 through 9. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and he said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. Hey everyone, welcome back to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara and I am Dot's daughter. And every week my mom and I sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we are talking about Genesis 3 and we deep dive into Genesis 3. I have to say, it's honestly one of my favorite conversations that we have done on this podcast. We go into sin entering the world and I ask the question, why did God place the tree in the middle of the garden. And we talk a lot about where we are and God asking Adam and Eve after they sinned, where are you? And how important and crucial it is for us to not only be honest with ourselves, but to be honest with God. And how do we do that? And what does that look like? It's one of my favorite episodes. So we are so glad that you're here. Pull up a chair and listen in. Hey, Kara. Hey, Mom. I know that you're going to be so surprised that I am going to talk about Genesis 3 today. I know that you get so tired of hearing about Adam and Eve and when they sinned. But Kara, I promise you, and whoever's listening, there will be nothing that you will face in this world today that you will not find in Genesis 3. I find that Genesis 3 tells us so much about struggles that we have in this world today. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, God starts out and he's just so excited. He's in Genesis 1 and 2. He's talking about creation and he finds it so good. And he says, you know, I want to make man in my image. And he wanted us. We don't, I don't understand that. He just is so complete and and needs of nothing. And yet he wanted to create a man and a woman and for us, I mean, that's why he wanted us. I was, there's nothing that we can do to bring value to God. God, you know, was complete in everything, but he just wanted mm-hmm. to have children and he wanted us mm-hmm. and he created us in his image. And there was only one rule. There was only one restrictions of, you know, don't eat of this fruit. And yet, because God created us with a choice, man decided he wanted to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to, yeah. He didn't want anybody telling him what to do. Have you ever thought of that? Uh, no, me never. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I am curious. I know a lot of people question why God would put the tree that, you know, the one rule, like you said, mm-hmm. and they would put, he would put that tree in the middle of the garden when he, you know, he created the world and Adam and Eve. And just like you just said. And I know a lot of people question why would God put the tree that, they can't have that one rule right smack dab in the middle. What do you think? Well, I really believe that the reason that the forbidden fruit 
that tree was in the middle of the garden. And it wasn't the first time Adam and Eve ever saw that tree. The problem came when she started desiring something that God had said no to. And I think that the reason that God did not put it up to the side was because every time Adam and Eve would walk around that tree, they were reminded of the fact that they were under God's protection, that they were under God's uh, sovereignty, and that they were dependent upon God. They had everything that they needed. So the one thing that they needed to not do, the one rule, was a reminder that they're not God. And I think that one of the reasons that there's a clue in that is because when Eve started looking at it and talking to Satan, and Satan starts to saying, well, God knows in the day that you eat it, you'll be like God. I think that that was what stirred up in her. It's like, well, I kind of I kind of want to be God. And I think we deal mm-hmm. with that today. We deal mm-hmm. with trying to be God, and we don't want God telling us what to do. And that's why so many people don't want to, you know, give their lives to God because they see Him as this power over them, and they don't want anything over them. They, they're, you know, I want to be free, which in reality, the truth of it is, while they were under the protection and the rule of God and the authority of God, they were free. It was only when they slipped outside the rule and disobeyed God did they become enslaved with sin. So... That brings up a point that I've actually never thought of until this moment. Oh, great. And that, (laughs) (laughs) like you said, Eve, you know, was looking at the tree and is desiring, you know, like had this moment of desiring to be like God or to know like God or whatever that is. And she had that before sin entered the world. So explain that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not a very easy question. But here's okay. Sorry here's, about that. But I just was thinking, like you, I, I, I would think of that as a sin. You know, I would think that as a sin. Well, it's a sin to desire something that God has said no to. That's a disobedience before you ever started. And I think that the reason that there was this uh, presence of sin, there was this desire started stirring up. Adam and Eve had not sinned yet. They had the. Um, the power to choose, but the sense to sin, the ability to sin had not been exercised. There was not a time that we know of that's recorded that brought up this ability or this desire to sin. They had the capacity to sin when they were created because God gave them a choice between good and evil, but they had not exercised that capacity to sin until they began to look at the tree and look at what God had forbidden them. So it caused them to lust and to desire something that God has said no. So actually, so many people believe that the moment that she ate of that fruit, we know it's not an apple, we don't know what it is, because it doesn't say it's a fruit. All we know is that God had given them a rule and said, you're free to everything. You know, isn't it amazing that we think about that one rule, that one tree that's in the middle of the garden, and yet there are trees all over the garden. They were given to them everything but one thing, and it's that one thing 
that they wanted. And it was in the middle of the garden. And it reminds me, Kara, when you were little and you wanted to take things off of the table and Howard's mother would come and she would want me to remove everything from the table because when you would walk around the table to grab hold of things that you're not supposed to grab hold of and I would spank your hand and go, no, no, Kara, she couldn't handle it. She wanted me to just remove everything from the table. And I would say to her, well, Anna V, if I do that and I go to someone else's house and my children are used to just destroying everything on the mm-hmm. table because they just have the mm-hmm. freedom to do that, then that's not really teaching them self-control. And it's not teaching them, you know, when you go into someone else's house, you need to be respectful of their things. So there's this part of us so often go, well, why did you put it in the middle of the garden? But in reality, God wanted Adam and Eve to choose to follow him and to be obedient. And so he left it there as a reminder. Every time they would walk around it, they were reminded that they were supposed to be uh, obedient to what God had Mm -hmm. and that they were not God. They were created in God's image, but they were not God. And our biggest struggle today is that we want to be God of our own lives. And so that's part of that. I, I find it's just something that we struggle with. I guarantee you, Kara, that when you are struggling or whoever's listening and you say, okay, God, and it sounds very innocent, but you say, okay, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be obedient. I want to do what your will. I want to do your will. Now, just tell me what it is. I want to know. I want to know how this is going to work out. I want to know what your will is, and I want to know how this is going to play out. I want to know the journey that I'm going to get to. I want to know the consequences. I want to know how all of this life is going to work out. Without realizing it, Kara, what we're saying is, I want to know like God. And that's what stirred up in Adam and Eve. I want to know. Now, let me ask you, do you struggle with that? Yeah, definitely. I'm just thinking, going back to, you know, my question that I had, we so often assume that the moment sin entered was when she took of the fruit, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily say that. It could have been when she had the desire to know like God, you know, when she, I mean, she acted on it, so it made it even more so, you know, it gave more power to the sin. But like you said, God created everything in perfection without sin, without flaw. He created Adam and Eve in perfection, without flaw, no sin. But with the capacity. Right. But Satan was there who was sin, who was, is evil, is sin. And so he, sin was present before they took of the fruit, before she even desired, you know, sin was present. It wasn't in Adam and Eve yet, but... The presence of sin was there before they took of the fruit. The presence of sin was there because, like you said, Satan was there. But the capacity, the power of sin had not been exercised because they had not done that. Now, obviously, you were thinking when I was talking, but I said that they were there and that actually the sin happened when she just started to desire something. Right, yeah. Yeah. And I'll clarify that. That's all. I'm just... 
Yeah. Well, I love for the fact I, that you clarify that. Well, Thank I just you. not clarify it, but yeah, just reemphasize. I just never, I had never thought of that mm-hmm. until this moment because we so often think she said the moment she took of the fruit, mm-hmm. but it's like, wait a minute. Like you said, that desire was there or that, you know, the, the, and again, not that desires are bad, but the wanting to know it would be like God, like that, that's not a pure thought. Like that's not a thought. And I don't know if that that alone is sin, because I know that we can't control the thoughts that come into our mind. But I think, and we've talked about that before on on here, you know, we can't control what comes into our mind, but it is what we do with those thoughts. And so maybe, you know, that could be part of it where she, maybe Eve, the thought came into her mind because Satan was present and sin was present. And the thought came into her mind of like, wait, I do want to know like God. But then she walked into that and exercised that, like you said which is what unlocked the power of sin. Yeah, I think the key here is that the desire, you said desire is not wrong. No, a desire is not wrong. But a desire to want anything that God has forbidden is wrong. And so when she saw it and and she desired it and saw, oh, this is great. There was this lust and this desire to want something that God had forbidden. And I think that that's a key right now. I think that, you know, so often when we talk about our desires, I think one of the issues that we have today is that we go one or two things. We either desire something God doesn't want, or we don't know what we really desire, or we're afraid to desire. I think so often we push our heart and what we want so aside because we're so afraid that what we desire is not something that God is desiring. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that we're dealing with here is that the issue is that it wasn't that she desired something, which is why we sometimes, you know, are not in touch with what we want. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just the out of balance. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked before, anything out of balance isn't good. Even if it's a good thing. And so, yeah, it's like that desire. It's like it can, desires can rule us or we can suppress, like you said, Mm -hmm. and act like we don't have them or not be aware of them or. Yeah. And, you know, so often wouldn't you say that when we're in a situation like this and here comes God and all of a sudden God's pursuing her. And I feel like the, the key to what we want to talk about is that God said, called out to Adam and he said, where are you? And it wasn't like God was looking for his children and he didn't know where they were. Not, I mean, every mother can, you know, talk about that fear of what, you know, I've lost my child in a crowded store or, you know, a fear of am I going to leave them in the car and forget they're in there? You know, we, we have these issues, but God didn't have that issue. God knew exactly where Adam and Eve's. He came to them. But I, I think that it's important and what I'd like to really talk about today is really the importance of knowing where we are. I I think we miss that. God wanted Adam and Eve to be honest with him. Where are you? And I think today we push that aside. We don't want to admit where we are. We don't want to admit where we are emotionally. We don't want to admit where we are spiritually. And as soon as God asked Adam and Eve, they lied to him. Yeah, well, and I wonder, I just had this thought. I'm like, I wonder how the story would have played out if in that moment before Eve took of the fruit, 
she paused and, and I don't know where God, I mean, the Holy Spirit wasn't in them at this time, but God was walking with them. So I don't know where God was, but I'm sure if Eve had called to God and been like, Hey God, (laughs) like I'm desiring to take of this fruit. And like you're saying, like being honest, like, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. I just had this thought. I've never had this thought, or I've never had this desire to take of this fruit or to want to know like you and acknowledge that and said, this is where I'm at in this moment. You know, like, I wonder how the story would have played out. Well, we don't know because it didn't happen. Right. I'm just saying, but yeah, but I'm like looking back. Yeah. Looking at wonder. What if, you know, and we do look at that. What if, what if Adam and Eve hadn't done it? What, what if she had paused for a minute and said but that? But just looking at how God asked, where are you? I just, it's even more so it's kind of like, it's showing, I bet it would have changed the story to some degree. And obviously God knew it, but I think it would have changed the story, you know, like if, like he's saying like, Hey, where are you? You know, let's be honest with where you're at. And if, you know, that had happened before when Eve was like, Hey, you know, be honest with where she's at and what she's desiring. And who knows? And could have still entered the world. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it could have looked different. Well, it would have looked different. I mean, they were made and created to walk with God. So they had perfect communion with God, but when they were there talking to Satan and just looking at that and gazing at it, it wasn't like a little glance because they had walked around that tree often. But the word there where they looked, they were intently, they stayed there for a little bit. So they were in a, in a position. They're already being set up. Satan is already creating a desire to want to be God, to disobey God, to desire something God didn't want. And I think that, the fact that Satan was setting them up, again, it's not God's fault that Adam and Eve desired something. It's not because God didn't come in there. Like for you and me or any mom, we would have been jumping in front of that tree. We would have had an angel around it. We'd had a a fire around it. We would have done everything to protect. We would have set it to the side. We would have jumped in front of that tree and go, don't do it, don't do it. But that's God wanted man, he wanted his children to obey him because they loved him. And they he wanted them to choose to love him. Like we want people to choose to love us. We want people to love us because we made them love us. Mm-hmm. So God created them. He gave them one rule, put them in a perfect environment. And there was no sin until she began to desire something God didn't want. And And the thing about it is I think, I think the key here is that God came to them after they sinned. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's not like I was like, oh, shoot, I missed. Yeah. <laughs> I should have been here earlier. Yeah, like he knew what was all going, transpiring at the tree. That's right. And But I think that God is merciful and kind to come after they sinned. If he had come before and kept them from sin, and then you'd think, well, did they have a choice or not? God was there. But his mercy and his kindness and his grace and his love for his children, he pursued them after they had sinned. And when he called out to him, where are you? They lied to him. They said to him, well, we knew we were naked. And so we hid ourselves. But it says in the scripture, if you read it very carefully, that when they heard God coming, they got afraid. So in reality... They didn't know that they were naked once they sinned, but their 
The reason they hid was not because they were naked, but they heard God coming. So immediately after they had sinned, God comes to them and says, where are you? They said, well, we hid ourselves because we're naked. But it clearly says that Jesus, they heard him coming and they were afraid. And that's what happens. Which I want to stop on that for a moment too, though, because if you think about it with the Lord, he, this perfection they have just sinned, he is seeking after them, knowing full well what has just gone down. And in his grace and mercy, like you're saying, he's calling out to them and the love that he has. If someone that you love and you are seeking out of grace and forgiveness and love, if they push you away out of fear, like that is hurtful. I mean, I've mm-hmm. had that done to me and that that's hurtful. And so mm-hmm. it just, what I just, I don't know, like when you're describing that scene, I'm like, that, I think that's like a powerful moment too, of just the grace and love of God of, I mean, I, I don't know all God's emotions, but I know he has emotions because mm-hmm. we have emotions and we're made in his image. And I would imagine that was hard. That was hurtful, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but he still pushed in. He still pursued. He still asked the question. And and he was still thinking of them mm-hmm. because God knew where they were. And so he knew that the best way to move forward from this time, here they have their sin. We can't go back. We can't change it. They felt shame. They were afraid. They'd never felt that before. This sort of mm-hmm. sin happens. You know, all this shame, all this guilt. So they hide. That's what you do when you sin and you start hiding it. And then they start reframing the situation. They start blaming each other, but they start from the very beginning and lying to God. So they're reframing what really is happening. And that's what happens. That's why it is so important. I cannot express this more passionately the importance of knowing where we are, where we are with God, where we are with sin, where we are with each other. It is so important to be honest before God. They immediately started lying to God, and they immediately started blaming. There was such a division. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's so important because I feel like God is saying, before we can move on, from this, mm-hmm. I need to know where you are. You need, I know where you are. You need to know where you yeah. are. Well, it's like you need, we need to acknowledge what just happened and what's going on in your heart. Like, like if they had just said, Eve in particular, if she had just said, I was tempted to, you know, take this fruit, I felt or thought, you know, X, Y, and Z, I wanted to know like you. And then we did it, Adam did it, and he was there. I mean, it's not like he was a, he wasn't you a big trick. As a matter of <laughs> no. fact, God holds him responsible because he knew what he right. was doing. That it says right. that he right. was deceived. They're both staring. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it's like if they had acknowledged, and I wonder, I mean, sin, like you said, sin had it was done, what's done is done. But I wonder, you know, if the consequences would have been a little bit less if maybe they had just said this instead of, you know, lying and hiding and trying to deceive and accuse and, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. If they had just been, and again, I don't think sin would have gone away, but I, I don't know. It's like, I wonder if the consequences may not have been as much. It, it may not. I don't know. I, I think that for us, it's a principle that we need to learn, and it's definitely taught in the New Testament about if you confess your sins, you know, God is faithful to forgive you your sins. 
there is power in the confession of sin is an acknowledgement of God, I've sinned. And I think it's too, you know, when you think about sin, it's sin is disobeying God. It's not disobeying you because mm-hmm. only God's holy. So if he had just said, or Adam and Eve both just said, you know what, we've sinned. When he said, where are you? It is said, mm-hmm. well, we're hiding because we've sinned and we've right. done what's wrong. But they did not do that. They tried right. to reframe it and start blaming everybody else, which is what we do today. Right. Which, And I think it's also important to acknowledge where are you emotionally mm-hmm. or physically or mentally or spiritually, you know, all of the things like I know for me personally, even lately, like that's something I... I suppress a lot of my own heart because I don't want to feel pain. That's I've had a lot of pain lately. And and just those moments of like, I found so much healing because I have felt so stuck in my pain, if I'm just going to be completely mm-hmm. transparent on here. And I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know how to move through this grief. And there's so much power in what God will do in healing and has done in healing my heart when I'm just like, God, I'm really hurt about this situation. Like, and I, I name it, I say it, mm-hmm. I, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate this situation or I wish that this was different or whatever it is, or even like, I don't know how to pray to you right now. I don't even know what to say or, you know, like whatever it may be, but it's like, this is where I'm at. I don't want to stay here. Like, help me move through this. It's not like this, this is where I'm at and I'm just going to stay here forever. But it's this, this is where I'm at. I don't want to stay here forever. I'm going to just choose to believe that you will, you know, walk me through this garden or walk me through this situation and you'll cover me with your, you know, cover me with your fig leaves and your mm-hmm. healing. But, you know, this is where I'm at. Well, I think that that's the key. I think you cannot move forward until you admit and embrace where you are. And I think that you're right. There's so hard to know what to pray when you're going through such a hard time. And I think, you know, Jesus expressed that in Gethsemane because Jesus, who is God, in Gethsemane, he says, what should I pray, God? What did I pray? Let this cup pass from me? And it was as if God was just sitting there knowing that he was about to go to the cross. He's going through all of this pain all this grief that you're talking about, he knew what was about to happen. It wasn't about dying. It wasn't about the cross. I firmly believe that what Jesus struggled with, he knew that moment when God was going to forsake him because mm-hmm. everything Jesus had done was to glorify mm-hmm. the Father. And he, we have no idea what that is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that we can't even wrap our minds around. That's right, because we, we will never experience God forsaking us. The mm-hmm. only person that God ever forsaken was His Son, so that we would never be forsaken. We may feel forsaken, we may feel abandoned, but clearly, Scripture tells us God's Word says that He would never forsake us or leave us, and which is true. So when Jesus was sitting there, He goes, "What? What do I pray? Let this cup pass from me." And so I think, Kara, what you're saying is, when you get this moment, when you finally say, "Okay, here's where I am," God. I I am here. This is what I'm feeling. This is the struggle that I'm going at. This is the sin I'm dealing with. These are the desires, the unmet desires, these things that I would want you to change, but you haven't. Here's where I am. So what what do you want to do, God? What is it? What is I cannot tell you, Kara, how many times I get down on my knees and I don't know how to pray. 
I don't know what to pray about mm-hmm. this. I don't know what to, to ask you about this certain situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your will is about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I find myself saying, Jesus, how would you pray about this? If I'm supposed to unite with you, if I'm supposed to be praying according to your will, then what is your will? I don't know because I'm not mm-hmm. God. And I think that that's what I really want to emphasize is that we've got to be honest before God. They lied to God right when He walked out, when He was pursuing them, when He was desiring them to say, hey, I'm giving you an opportunity to embrace where you are so we can move forward. Mm-hmm. And then to be honest with yourself. you know, and be like, honest. That- we lie. Mm-hmm. We lie, mm-hmm. to ourselves. we lie to ourselves a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. We reframe yeah. it in our minds. Well, it's not that bad. Right. Well, it's okay. I'll right. get through it. You know, and I'll do that with you. Kara, how are you doing? Fine, mm-hmm. fine. I say yeah. that to Howard. Howard, <laughs> how are you doing? Fine, fine. Nobody's fine. You know, everybody right. at that moment, because I knew and I know you so well, and we think mm-hmm. we, we're so ridiculous. We think people don't know, but we see it through their face. We see it through their eyes. Right. Well, and sometimes it's like, I don't know what I like. I'm yeah. fine because I don't know. I genuinely don't even know what I am right yeah. now, <laughs> you yeah. know? And that's where it's like, I need to spend time with the Lord. Like mm-hmm. God knows. And when mm-hmm. we spend time with him, he shows us. It's like, oh, wow. Wait, I was like actually really hurt by the thing that person said. Or, oh, wait, like I'm actually doing really great. Or, you know, I don't know. But yeah, sometimes, at least for me, when I say I'm fine, it's sometimes it's like I genuinely don't know how I am. So I'm just going to give you an answer. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I understand that. And sometimes we don't know, it and it takes it's a journey. And and I think sometimes God just takes these emotions and these feelings and the stuff that's going on in our hearts. He doesn't clean out our heart all at one time. I mean, if you ever cleaned out your closet at one time, put everything out, you're just overwhelmed. And I think with God, it's just it is layers that. He acknowledges and he says, where are you? I know what you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, talk to me. And I think the Mm -hmm. key was talking to God and you start Mm -hmm. processing. Like let them in. Like let God into your pain or let God into your shame or um, fear or whatever it may be. That's why I love this. Write this down. You know, go write this down. Say, God, where am Mm -hmm. I with you? Uh, Am I mad Mm -hmm. at you? Am I angry with you? Am I disappointed in you? Mm-hmm. You go write yeah, that down. Like, sometimes we need to ask God, where am I? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, God, where am I? And mm-hmm. where are you in this? As he's asking us, you know, where are you? And, you know, him, him wanting us to let him in. And and I think that's where, you know, with Genesis 3, it, with God asking, where are you? I think there's an element of, you know, they were actively deceiving, like we've said, and hiding and afraid and all that. And it's like, let me into that. Like, let me heal this. Let me do something with this. Mm-hmm. Let me redeem. Let me restore. Let me let me be God in this. Like, we've just learned you're not God, Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, And so I think that that's where being honest before God. And the only way, Karen, we just end here, but the, the only way I know is to be honest with yourself and with God. And say, God, would you open my eyes to the truth? And you, you know, this whole podcast is about write this down. And you start putting your desires and where you are with God and how you feel about God and and what you think God's telling you. You write it down. You go before God. You get down on your knees and say, God, here's what I think. Is it true? Is this what you want for me? Is this who you want for me? And you just stay there. God will tell you 
But if we start telling God what we want and refuse to be open to what He wants, we're not going to listen. We're not going to hear. And I think that that's where we really have to focus on where are you? Where are you with God? Do you want to obey God? Do you want God's best? In reality, the majority of the time, we want what we want, and we want God to bless it. Instead of asking God, God, what do you want? And be blessed. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen. Mm-hmm.